Hey there, everybody, and welcome back to the Random Horror Show. Long time no see, long time no hear, and you are here listening to some good, pretty good, awesome podcasting. Thank you very much for joining me. I am back. I am your host, Casey Lacey. I had to give me a sip of coffee. It is cold as hell, and it's rainy here in Texas, and you know how we are in Texas when it gets down to like at least 50 degrees. We are shivering to death and trying to burn everything in sight to keep warm. (laughs) We're not used. I'm used to cold, so I just don't like rain, but I'm used to uh, cold temperatures. I mean, it don't make a difference with me. I mean, it snowed in January, which I like totally, totally enjoyed. And yes, my random ass got out there in my bikini. Yes, I have a blue bikini. And <laughs> I sat there and I had a snowball fight with my son. My son's like, are you going to, are you going to like upload this? No, I'm not. I'm not going to do this. I mean, I'm not that stupid. I don't do shit like that for fucking attention. But it was hilarious because um, he was throwing snowballs at me and I was sitting there thought I was like Sailor Moon or something in a bikini and I'm sitting there kicking them and karate chopping snowballs (laughs) oh god that was hilarious right there but that was a that was actually fun so fun you know and actually you know when people um um I was reading a report saying that when people um produce brown fat because babies produce have a lot of brown fat then they're not cold a lot I mean you still need to bundle them up and stuff like that but I guess I built up some of my uh brown fat inside my body and that's the reason why I wasn't shivering cold in a bikini <laughs> kicking snowballs <laughs> punching snowballs like some kind of fighting montage or some shit <laughs> Hey, I'm going to tell you, when I'm going to have fun, I'm going to have fun. And in the snow, it came like four to five inches last month. I was like, bet, I'm putting on my bikini. I'm just going to be, that's just how I am. That's just how my personality is. I just do random crazy shit like that. But it's all in fun, though. Nobody's not getting hurt. Nobody's not going to jail. All you see is a cute 40-something-year-old black woman in a blue bikini kicking snowballs and punching them (laughs) oh dear but um i had some family things going on that's the reason why we um haven't got back to um our regularly scheduled program of the random horror show and the last what um we talked about just reiterating with you guys is that uh we were talking about Watchmen uh which is the HBO one season wonder um I read that they're not going to be making um a second season of Watchmen Watchmen is very 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 good I mean I mean it is so I mean you know what I'm just gonna say it's exactly exactly what's going on in our society and world and I know Watchmen is science fiction you know uh kind of like thrown in um drama 
uh, type of um, show because it's set in an alternate reality of ours. And um, it was just crazy how, like, when I first watched it, I was just, like, blown away, not just only by the acting, but how things were, like, hidden, you know, just of what's going on right now daily and um it came out in 2019 and and then you know the pandemic had been hit pretty much like coming into the U.S. like around early 2020 but it was already like going on I will say like when the pandemic started to like around 2019 like late October November or something like that and then it finally like reached the states and then hit world pretty much worldwide everywhere. Um, like I said, Watchmen is just so close to like just to our reality. It's it's really spooky. It's very surreal. And the um, actors, uh, Regina King, we have seen her in in movies. Of course, um, those who grew up in the eighties, we watched her on Two Two Seven as Brenda. Uh, we have Don Johnson. I'm looking for a heartbeat. Yes, a homeboy on on uh, Miami Vice. When I first saw Don Johnson, God dang, Don Johnson's still finding the motherfucker though. <laughs> he is. He old as shit, but he's still finding the motherfucker. Um, so it's the guy who played uh, Tubbs and stuff. I mean, I, I mean, I was like, you know, I'm young girl, and I see Don Johnson and uh, Philip Michael Thomas, and I'm just kind of like, damn, I want both of them, you know? Shit, I was like, I mean, I was just like, I ain't no, I ain't, I don't discriminate and everything. I'm equal opportunity, but there's some good looking ass dudes and shit. No, my little old hot ass and stuff I was like, damn you know these motherfuckers fine on Miami Vice and then you have Frances Fisher um I didn't even know she was British and uh she was with Clint Eastwood for a long time and then they broke up and but I didn't know she was British fooled my ass uh we have Jean Smart who um is on the show um of course if like I said, if y'all are a fan, if your mamas and your grandmas, your aunts and stuff, and your cousins watch uh, Designing Women, um, she was one of the Sugar Baker um, sisters. Uh, I totally, totally enjoyed her on um, Designing Women, and I just like, I just thought that was like the shit. It was like like Southern Bells, you know, uh, type shit, you know, and. It had Meshach Taylor on there. Um, gosh, it was like a really... Annie Potts was on there. Cool. Of course, you know Annie Potts from Ghostbusters, Janine, and um, many other films. Um, we have Jeremy Irons, and I'm just going to say it like this. Jeremy Irons, he is actually Alfred. Um, I could not be satisfied with a great Alfred like Jeremy Irons. And anybody that's out there listening, and I don't know if y'all are DC fans or whatever, I believe they should, somebody that actually can fucking write a great 
DC storyline of Injustice and have Jeremy Irons play Alfred because that right there, if they actually put the thought in another two, three years, I mean, I know the pandemic and stuff like that's going on, of they actually sitting down and actually paying attention and actually read Injustice and they said, you know what, we are going to go ahead and do Injustice to save the DC, just the DC franchise at that. If they did that and they have Jeremy Irons playing Alfred, because you know Alfred got all roid up and stuff like that. You know, if anybody have like read Injustice or like, oh, watch, you know, there's a guy on YouTube who um, he narrates the whole Injustice um, series. And, of course, who played, you know, like, video games of Injustice. Of course, I did, too. Um, they should do that. I believe they will save... They will save the fucking whole DC franchise. I believe they will, like, put that out. And I believe that they will blow the shit out of Marvel. Because DC is dar- is darker. DC is much more uh, emotionally enriched. Um, it's much more violent. The I mean, I'm gonna say it like this: the villains are a hell of a lot better in the DC universe. I mean, you got your good me- mega like awesome villains in the Marvel universe, but DC just have like those fucking villains that like stay with you, like the Joker, um, and of course Lex Luthor. You like, god dang! And I mean, DC just have the like the bomb ass like you know, villains, they just do, but yeah, anybody's out there listening to me, uh, freaking put out an Injustice movie and do it justice, but I would like to see Jeremy Irons playing in Injustice as Alfred, um, of course, um, he's in here, he plays Adrian, or we know him as Ozymandias, um, we have Lewis Gossett Jr. in here, he plays, um, Angela's grandfather, um, of course, again, you know, if y'all grew up in the 80s, he was in a movie with Dennis Quaid called Enemy Mine, where he donned the prosthetics and played an alien. Yeah, Lewis, that was Lewis Gossett Jr. That was Lewis Gossett Jr. playing the alien, and he played, like, such a great character um, next to Dennis Quaid. Um, I love the interaction of Enemy Mind in that movie because they were enemies and then, you know, they were stuck on that planet and they had to learn from each other, not only to survive, but, um, they actually learned each other's differences and Dennis Quaid learned the language and, oh man, and then he had a baby and he was like, what the hell? uncle uncle Uh, no simmies no simmies yes yes that's a great that was a really good movie i know it wasn't like i mean this i think it's i think it did very well in the box office during that time but it really like pulled on my like heartstrings and stuff um just watching it and you know of course i got like sad like oh my god this good you know gossip jr died but he was an alien stuff you know all that you know i was younger and stuff 
but um he's in this movie in the show also Watchmen. And you know what? Let's go ahead and just get started dun, da, 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 with Watchmen, which I have left y'all on a cliffhanger since last month, which I say January 19th. Um, Watchmen is the continuation of Zack Snyder's um, theatrical release of Watchmen. Um, like I said, it's a um, part of DC. Um, Watchmen is the premise, the synopsis of like the first one is that, you know, we have cape and mass vigilantes, you know, fighting crime. Um, we know that the Vietnam, um, era has like ended. We know that Nixon is the president. Now in 30 something years later, we have Robert Redford as the president of the United States, uh, Vietnam is now a state of the United States. Uh, we are seeing like lots of um, civil unrest um, because 30 some years ago, Adrian or Ozymandias pulled off the most genius idea of 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 like creating world peace uh, amongst like the world. Well, things are unraveling at the moment. And so our story uh, takes place as we uh, see uh, there's a cop in Tulsa, Oklahoma. He is murdered. He really wasn't murdered. I said murdered. Man, I got murder on my mind. (laughs) No, he got shot up and um, it was somebody from the 7th Calvary. 7th Calvary is actually a... um, another version of white supremacy or like the KKK. Um, they all wear Rorschach mask. They are everybody. They are no one. They are everywhere. You know, that's the seventh Calvary. Well, the reason why cops wear masks now is because of the night, uh, a couple years back, there were, um, police, uh, men and women that were targeted and, um, killed or hurt or, you know, or injured in this night because their um, identities were exposed. So they ran a um, law in the state of Oklahoma where now, you know, you have your policemen wearing masks or, you know, or anything to cover up their identities. The only time you're going to they get home is that's when they pull it off. So when they're on the beat, when they're on patrol, they all wear a mask. They also have to answer to Panda, which is like their dispatch, you know, person that's like, let everything, you let them know what's up and going on. They call him Panda. Everybody has these, uh, you know, uh, pseudonym names that they have for each other. Because you never know, there could be somebody from the 7th Calvary working for them or whatever. So we protect the identities of police officers. They also have it where they add, they call in to Panda for their guns to be released because of a lot of like the uh, violence and you know we have like where cops are just shooting just random ass shit random people you know mirrors a lot of what is happening today but they make sure that their um, guns are in this little 
Loxy to call Panda to radio in to pull out their gun when there is a an immediate um, danger and stuff. I mean, that, I kind of, I mean, that blew me away right there. I'm like, oh my gosh. But um, we are introduced to Angela Agbar. She is a retired cop, but actually she's Sister Knight. Um, there is a family legacy with the theme of what's going on in Watchmen. Um, Angela Agbar finds out her roots and where she comes from. She's actually the um, granddaughter of the first of the Minutemen. Um, whenever she takes her grandfather's uh, memory pills, which has been um, illegal, um, she tells memory pills. She actually catches her grandfather, uh, which is played by Louis Gossett Jr. Um, she uh, is friends with Don Johnson, which is the, uh, the police chief of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, they are found him. Um, hung in a tree and it's just like okay what the hell you know what I'm saying she's like what what is really going on and um she catches her her grandfather actually just like look I'm the one who (laughs) hung this dude and you don't even know who he really is and she tell he tells her to um go into the closet um at his house and she did and she finds a you know a Ku Klux Klan you know, hoodie, you know, outfit hiding. And there's a picture of him as a little boy and his grandfather. Um, so he has that legacy of like, you know, of being, you know, within white supremacy, Ku Klux Klan um, type organization. And though he is the chief of police and everything else, and that like, he is friends with Angela and her family, um, it's kind of, it's like a shock to her because she's just like, wow, you know, this guy that I trusted and his, and, you know, around my family, we had family nights and things like that. And come to find out he is one of them that I fought, you know, to protect the people from. This is like, you know, I don't like racist. My dad, you know, she's like, I don't like racist. This is some bullshit. And so we find out later that she, um, they have come across a lot of things that are um, in the uh, 7th Calvary. They are melting watches. I mean, the 7th Calvary is like, they are like bad like a motherfucker. I mean, they bring it out big fucking guns. You know, they shoot them up, all kinds of shit. I mean, they are so secret and so operative. It is like fucking ridiculous. And with the 7th Calvary, they are like you know, like suicide bombers, you know, they're like, I'm going to take a cyanide pill because you're not going to get shit from me because you're not going to find out what, uh, we, I'm not going to tell you shit, you know, what we doing, but they had a whole bunch of watches where they melting all the watches and stuff. So this is like really interesting to Angela because she's like, okay, Judd is dead he got hung by a guy that is in a wheelchair and he says, you know, I, I, hey, dude, hey, I'm your grandfather. And she's like, what? <laughs> what the fuck? You know, my family is gone. You know, what's up with that? And now this guy is telling me to look, you know, in Judd's 
home and see there is a clan, you know, uniform in his closet. And so, like, the plot thickens and deepens whenever we are introduced uh, by Gene Smart's character, character of, oh gosh, I forgot the chick's name. Well, Lori Blake, because she did go by Lori Jupiter, but now she's going by Lori Blake. Now Lori Blake has retired. She's done with being being with the Watchmen. She's done with the vigilanteism. She has joined the FBI. Now she catches people that that are vigilantes that wish the shit she used to do, and she is has like as she has the sense of humor of her father, and her father is the comedian. And the comedian um, during the time of uh, Vietnam and um, other parts of his life, he has done government work for um, Nixon. And so she has taken up the legacy of her father uh, to be in the FBI agent because she believes in justice. She believes in the law. Um, she turned over this new leaf. And, you know, she's done with all the costume bullshit. And so she's on her way to Tulsa because of the murder of Judd. Um, And then you have some 7th Calvary shit going on. And then also, you know, she's like now like zoning in with Angela Agbar. Um, So when she arrives there, she's you know, looking around, she's taking names, and we have a, a w- nice, wonderful, wonderful character, uh, what is his, he, Tim, what is it, Timothy Blake, damn, Timothy Blake is a really, really great actor, um, he is also a, uh, Oklahoma native and everything, woohoo, okay, and, um, he was also in, um, Brother Where Out Thou, oh man, that was a bomb-ass movie, but he is looking glass and he is one of my he is another one of my favorites characters um my favorite characters that was like in this show is looking glass uh lori blake and of course angela agbar um and looking glass he has been traumatized um there was like a uh a flashback a memory of him going to Jersey and he um he was with this little Christian you know group and everything kind of like Jehovah Witnesses and stuff you you know about Jesus we're gonna talk to you about Jesus oh yeah I had a few of those come to our door and everything and so they were at this fair uh it was like some girl that was there she he thought she was pretty hot and of course he was like trying to do his mission work um she she was she was such an asshole you know i mean come on this is a dude from oklahoma he's naive and he's just doing things like for the the, the lord and stuff and she takes off his clothes and runs out like like a fucking joke like that's fucking mean right there it's like golly fucking traumatizing to be exact and then that's when the giant squid um hits new york city killing millions of people which reach over to uh the jersey shore especially uh it's particularly this place right here where they have the fair um he's pretty much uh, a few people in him are the only survivors 
um, that has survived the squid attack at this time. Um, he ha- actually has a lot of uh, PTSD from this. Um, he believes that the squid is like, though it is like trans, you know, like paranormal, you know, science, you know, like alien, you know, come dimensional type shit. And, you know, saying that the psychic blast has really fucked pretty much the survivors up and everything. And, um, he wears a shiny, he wears a shiny ass little mask thing. It's pretty fucking neat. Um, I like how the, uh, the shininess of his mask, because it's, it's so, it's so, it's, it's just fine to a T of like, he's like a looking mirror, like looking through the truth, looking through the eyes of like reflecting back of what that person is looking at, you know, when they're looking at him because he's looking glass or, or how like Lord shiny man (laughs) glass man. She's like cracking jokes on his ass, like left through right. And I was just, I mean, Hey, she's the comedian's daughter. I mean, why not? I mean, but he is, he's my favorite fairy character. Um, and she's like now taking over the, uh, Tulsa police station. She wants to know everybody's like reports what's going on the ins and outs and stuff because you know she's like i'm not bullshitting with y'all this is an fbi matter and and y'all gonna answer to me and um so we find out that she's still Lori blake she still has she's still in love with dr manhattan and um out about this time we see that Dr. Manhattan is still on Mars. Is he really on Mars? Technically, he is not on Mars. So she gets into this phone booth and she talks to John um, when he was in his human form, but she still calls him John. Of course, you know, they dated and things like that when they before they broke up and she got with Owlman. Um, Owlman is actually in prison and stuff and he he's... Yeah, he was like a, such an asshole. He sent her a gift, a big, gigantic ass blue dildo of Dr. Manhattan. I was just like, wow, bitter, aren't you, man? Aren't you bitter? Damn. Damn. I was like, that's hidden below the belt. And so she tells Dr. Manhattan on the phone, supposedly reaching to him, this joke. Um,. And she's on the phone and then there's like this crash and it was uh, Angela Agbar's mom minivan that crashed in the middle of the street. Um, we are now like going into where we are finding out what happened to Adrian or Ozymandias. Ozymandias um, is on Europa, which is a, a moon of Jupiter. Um, at the time, uh, Dr. Manhattan was making these replays and stuff of himself on Mars. He actually went to Europa. Uh, he created an ecosystem out just a part of this uh, moon and made life like Adam and Eve. But the thing with them is that they were like, it was so cool, like how they have it. It's like you could just like pick them up out of this lake. <laughs> you could just get them out of this lake. They were incubated and everything in this lake. And there's like 
so many if y'all remember on uh the uh man of steel and how kryptonians like came about in these like little eggs that's like with the codex and all that stuff and which programs people like what job and what this they need you know uh uh things they um they can do and they can't do because the codex codex it controls like what their jobs is blah 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 if they're military if they're doctor yada yada and all this stuff but you see like those little eggs and stuff kind of like on the matrix also of like making humans and so dr manhattan had this where (laughs) we're gonna make some humans we're just gonna make them like in like a little farm up under this lake and you could just scoop them up out of the water you know take a boat rowboat scoop them up out of the water and there was it and the uh adam and eve were um actually two people that helped john and his father um escape um world war ii in the beginning of like the um nazis like taking over because they were jewish and stuff and so that memory of like john having before he became dr manhattan where he had remember as a little boy escaping you know to this castle and these people helping them this couple helping them and stuff they told him like go out there and make some life and so he did (laughs) <laughs> and he put Adrian or Ozymandias as you know we know it on Europa to oversee everything and they were pretty much like helpmates there wasn't like you know the Adam and Eve that you know we know in our um, bible stories and things like that um they were just basically helpmates they didn't have sex or nothing like that they was just they was just servants you know um they had some personalities, but they just, they were just basically servants. And so, um, Ozymandias was like on this planet, this, uh, on the moon of Europa, you know, just chilling there. And because he grew bored of earth, because everything that he did to create this, your, you know, utopia. And remember, utopias are bad, just like dystopias. Get it straight. That he was just like shit i want to go back to earth he was like that so um we find out that of course like i said all through here we have we the theme is family legacies um adrian did not know when he was running a company in vietnam that one of the cleaning ladies um got one of his vials of his um of his juices of his baby making juices because he was just that narcissistic and that just neurotic that he you know he blew his wad into a (laughs) blew his wad into one of those little cups and stuff like a little uh little, little little beaker and shit so he had those and he put it behind his um the painting it was a alexander the great painting he put all his vi- these vials he blow his water in a vial he puts it in there she finds out the code to like open the painting where all of his vials so she takes the uh, vial she takes like what is like 20 was like 23 46 23 46 and yeah he labels them too i'm like oh my god like you label you label how many times you 
Like, you bust a nut. Like, what the fuck? I was like, he is crazy. It's like, so I'm like, he has no kind of, like, scruples whatsoever. Like, I'm like, damn, this dude is, this dude is weird. So she takes the vial. She injects herself with his semen. Comes out. We have Lady True. Lady True has all of his fucking smarts everything she graduates from college at 15 she owns her business at 30 she took over pharmaceuticals things like that I mean she is like I'm gonna make the world a better freaking place but we didn't know at the time that Lady True went to um Ozymandias when he was in Antarctica because remember he was stationed in Antarctica when he was doing all this stuff in Watchmen the movie and she's like hey pops I'm your daughter he was like I ain't got no fucking daughter <laughs> what the fuck you know and surprised shit out of him she told him the story he's pissed you know cause he's like oh shit your fucking mom just violated my semen you know, going behind my, going behind my back and everything, and here you are, he's like, I'm not somebody that likes kids, because he's, he's like, fuck it, I'm just gonna be the only one, and the only one only, and so he just pretty much just left her ass, like, fucking hanging, like a booger, you know what I'm saying, she was just like, okay, pop's gonna be like that towards me, you know, it's not my fault that I am born, I am from him, you know, I just want some closure in my life and let him know that, hey, I'm here. Um, he just like, whatever, blows it off and shit like a motherfucker. And so he's just like, you know, so she just like, fuck it. Well, oh, shit, just fuck it. I'm just, just do my shit on my own. She's like, I'm gonna be great and I'm gonna do me. Fuck you, dad. So we find out the backstory of Lady True. Lady True purchased some land out in Tulsa. Because now, like I said, the plot thickens of why the fuck Lady True buys these people off and she also gives them a baby because they couldn't even have a baby. And and she purchased this land from them. She bought it from them. She bought it off of them. They got a, the baby that they wanted. And so she's building this big, gigantic ass, like, fucking device out there. So, like, shit is kind of getting a little weird and stuff, but nobody's not really just, like, actually just, like, putting her finger on it and stuff on it. You know, what is going on about. We also uh, go in the backstory of um, Angela, which we find out that, um, of course, she is the granddaughter of of the first Minuteman. Um her uh, parents uh, got blown up Uh, she was an orphan around eight or nine Um, her grandmother came she had a fucking heart attack before she took the baby off I was like oh my god I'm sitting there crying and shit because I'm just like this is sad this fucking sucks and so um, her grandmother bought her sister night Um, it was a movie it's about a, 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 a nun with a gun, <laughs> which that is a badass soundtrack. And I like to play that soundtrack. By the way, this whole, the whole soundtrack to this whole show is by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. Um, I'm going to say Atticus Ross and Trent Reznor, please, please 
come make a soundtrack of my damn life. That's all I gotta say. Musical genius. I love Nine Inch Nails. i um, been a Nine Inch Nails since I was 14 years old. Um, Trent is just a fucking musical genius. Uh, when he is with Atticus, it's like powerhouse of fucking, fucking just, just bonerific music. I mean, gets every tight emotion, everything that you could think of. That's just how blazingly brilliant Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross are when they're together. And they came up with some awards and everything else like that. Bravo, congratulations to them. So um, so she got this movie because her parents didn't want her to watch it, but she took the, um, the persona of Sister Knight. Um, she comes to find out that... Um, you know, when she took the pills, because she took her uh, grandfather's memory pills, because she got in trouble with a lot of shit, um, knowing that she was holding information that her grandfather was the one that killed Judd. Uh, she took the memory pills. Um, she went back into his memories and found out that um, he was actually the first um, black African American uh, police officer in New York uh, he went through a lot a lot of fucked up ass shit uh, one of the sergeants that is black um, at their um, inaugur- their little um, coronation ceremony um, he told him beware of the cyclops and I'm just going to say this um, beware of the cyclops yo um, subliminal message right there and so he starts seeing them doing like all these little hand gestures and shit. Um, he was wondering why, what is going on. He um, arrested a guy. He uh, threw a Molotov cocktail into a Jewish um, delicatessen. Um, you know, he was just doing what he was doing. He was doing his job. He, that's what he was doing. Despite him being black, he was doing his job. And to him, wrong is wrong, no matter what color you are. You know, you fucked up throwing a Molotov cocktail, trying to, you know, burning up a Jewish delicatessen. Um, you know, your ass is going to jail. And they found out that he would not stop, you know, you know what, doing his job as a police officer. And so his, you know, his, his, his co-workers that he thought that they were on his side, you know, with the law and everything. He found out they were fucking corrupt. They were fucking crooked. They um, beat him. They put a noose around him. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they put the hood on him and shit. And then he was just like, wow, I can't, you know, he thought he got away from shit like that when he left Tulsa. And then he's in in the city and thinking that, okay, this is so different, but it's still the fucking same. So he became fucking hooded justice. Hooded justice that night. God damn it. Hooded motherfucking justice. Shit. Shit. And, and that's how the whole Minutemen got started. And, um, there was a guy, um, I forgot the dude's name and shit. 
but um, he was in the kitchen. He was like, hey, we've been watching you, blah, blah, blah. And I, ca- I mean, the first time I see it, I was like, yo. I was like, this, 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 this old suave-ass, cute-ass, like, blonde dude and shit. I was like, this motherfucker hitting on him, though. He hitting on him. And yeah, he was hitting on him. <laughs> and, of course, you know, Angel's grandfather's like, how did you know? And, by the way, the um, baby that, um, in the beginning where they, um, after the uh, massacre and stuff that he picked up, the baby actually became his wife. And, um, of course he like, you know, raised her and stuff like that. They, you know, they came husband and wife and everything and they had a son. And so, um, yeah. So like Angela's grandfather, you know, Hey, he was, he was swinging both ways and everything. You know what I'm saying? So, (laughs) so he was just like, so he was with the Miniman, but he had to like keep his hood on because of the time era it was because if he would have like unveiled his hood and of course let the other Minutemen know that he was black and the only person that knew was the guy that recruited him you know the jig is up and you know because the Minutemen was not really big on racial like justice and stuff like that and um so he found out that they had a a they was like into like hypnotism you know you know back in those days the occult um things like that like houdini um a lot of um root workers um a lot of psychics and clairvoyance those like the the occult was really really big back in those days and stuff and a lot of people paid like big big money to get their palms red their future red you know crystal ball types things like that and everything um which that is a part of american history also especially hoodoo and um very interesting how like everything all ties into like our um society especially with hoodoo of like religion um uh, interracial marriages um, just, just basically just our whole freaking, uh, uh, our whole freaking, you know, cultural history with hoodoo. Very interesting. And they, the Cyclops, they were studying, you know, hypnotism and stuff like that. That was like really, really big back in those days. And what it was is that they were making hypnotist, uh, you know, hypnotizing type, um, things with crystals and stuff so they could put in projectors and what they were doing is that they were hit but they were going to use this and test it out in um in harlem and places like that where a lot of black people reside and see if they got hypnotized you know through what they were doing and so this is part one of watchmen and I will get back with part two and stay tuned for part two be back